This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Thank you for listening to this DuPont Media production, available on all major podcast platforms. This is Rod Peterson On Demand. The Canadian men's soccer team is booking its ticket for Qatar. I said I would get on board if Canada made the World Cup, and they have. And I've fallen down the rabbit hole of the coach, John Herdman. John Herdman, like he's putting himself on the Mount Rushmore of Canadian sports, and he's not even from here. I love it. I love the story. Yeah, I'm late to the party. I'm on board, Moose. I said I'd get on board if they did it, and they did it. This is the Rod Peterson Show. Welcome, everybody, to the RP Show. It is Hour 2, proudly brought to you by Great Western Original 16 Beer, the best beer in the game. What a day. Holy smokes. You have you picked the perfect time to join us. We've got breaking news on a lot of fronts. And some of our best friends joining us here in Hour 2 to break it down. Uh, from the Canadian Football League, the CFL announcing this morning that touchdown atlantic is returning to nova scotia first regular season game ever riders and argos will meet on july 16th there's that from the national football league and their gm meetings here in south florida the nfl is changing its sometimes controversial overtime rules to guarantee each side gets the ball in the playoffs concerned that the coin toss to begin the extra period has too much impact on postseason game results the owners voted today to approve a proposal presented by the Colts and the Eagles. Beginning this season, if the team possessing the ball first in overtime scores a touchdown on that series, the opponent still gets a possession. In recent seasons, that touchdown would have ended the game. I can't believe the amount of people that want to talk about rule changes in both the NFL and the CFL. I'm here for it. But there are actual games going on, too. And uh, the Florida Panthers are home tonight to the Montreal Canadiens. The head coach, Martin St. Louis of Montreal, has been given a vote of confidence by the GM, Ken Hughes, and I'm excited to watch them myself live and just see what's going on with Montreal. And uh, so that's kind of the day's news. And let's bring in our good friend, A.J. Jakubik, now the voice of the Red Blacks, Ottawa Senators pre- and post-game host, always smiling. I see you made it home from BMO Field alive, A.J. Was that one of the greatest sporting yeah. events of your life on Sunday? I'll tell you, the entire run has been like that. Like I, I've been fortunate to uh, to have gone to nine of the thirteen qualifiers, and you know, I, as I was telling some of my friends that maybe went to two or three, I said every game that you went to was special. So no doubt the clincher was awesome, but you know, you you can talk about if you went to the two games in Edmonton and you know just seeing the the games that you know when they were calling it the Ice Teca. Um, I was fortunate to go to the Azteca in Mexico City and see them get a point uh, to El Salvador, where Atiba Hutchinson, 39 years old, got a goal to to help them win there. Uh, whether it's Costa Rica and they didn't win, and 500 Canadian fans went down to hopefully see them clinch, or Alfonso Davies, uh, you know, in his incredible goal against Panama, or when they beat the United States in front of a raucous crowd in Hamilton. So the thing about this journey is. 
it's not about one game. It's about the entirety of the process. And uh, it's been a real special run. Can't wait to see them uh, uh, hopefully uh, turn some heads in Qatar. Well, you're awesome because you can talk about a variety of things. And for the CFL fans, we are going to get into the Red Blacks. But you've been broadcasting for the Senators for many, many years. And we're talking about Eugene Melnick, who passed Monday at the age of 62. I've never met the guy. I know very little about the guy. But I, we kicked it around and said, we know a guy who would, AJ. So what can you tell us about Eugene Melnick? Yeah, I mean, uh, a sad day. You certainly uh, especially feel for his daughters who, uh, you know, uh, still, still pretty young, and and uh, I, I believe nineteen and twenty one years old. So, uh, condolences uh, to to the entire Melnick family. Um, you know, I moved here in two thousand and three from from out west, uh, and you know that's the year that Eugene Melnick bought the team. And I, I truly believe, if not for Eugene Melnick, there's no NHL hockey in Ottawa right now because when he bought the team, and some people will say he got it at, at a bargain basement price, and and while that might be true. There weren't a lot of people lining up to buy the Ottawa Senators and keep the team in Ottawa. And here we are 19 years later, and they're still here. So I, I think that's uh, the, the biggest thing. I, I can't say, you know, I interviewed him a couple of times, but can't say I had a, any kind of relationship with Eugene. But I do have uh, a Eugene Melnick story. As a fa- fellow Ukrainian-Canadian, um, he was very passionate about Ukraine. And certainly his last public statement had to do with Ukraine. And, all, all the ways that the, you know the hockey club was going to support them, and I was in Kiev in, in 2018 and 2019, and in, in this uh, area that is very touristy, uh, called the Andreevsky Descent, and, and they have those Ukrainian dolls, right? And so I, I walked past the stall, and there's probably about eight or ten Ukrainian dolls of different sports teams, but it's all the biggest teams in the world. It's the Lakers, it's the Yankees, it's the Cowboys, and in meantime, you see one. Uh, of the Ottawa Senators, and you know I've got it right here for you. So there's uh, there's my Eric Carlson um, Ukrainian doll that I bought there. But I-, I asked the guy, I'm like, why do you have Ottawa Senators here? And he said, well, Eugene Melnick was here, and he walked past this stand, and he wondered why there wasn't an Ottawa Senators doll. And a couple of years later, he was back, and 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 he made the Senators dolls, and he ended up buying one, and said, well. You know, I should be getting royalties for this, right? And, and laughed and ended up buying one. So I bought one. Uh, the guy gave me a deal. And the guy uh, really, really liked Eugene Melnick. And, and there's no doubt Eugene has been uh, very passionate about uh, his support uh, for Ukraine. And, and that's, uh, that's long before, um, you know, there was any war there. So, um, yeah, I mean, someone that was passionate. I, I think the, the biggest thing to take from, from Eugene is, You'd be hard-pressed to find many owners. He had his faults, right? I mean, we all do. We're all flawed individuals in in whatever way. Um, But he was passionate about uh, the Ottawa Senators team. I mean, he was certainly polarizing, especially in the last few years. Uh, You know, there were some some things that that, uh, angered the fan base. But uh, he truly loved the Ottawa Senators. And uh, uh, no doubt uh, he was going to do whatever it took from his standpoint to try and get them to win a Stanley Cup while he was owner. I want to get your take on the NFL rule changes in a second as the staunch Washington Commanders fan that you are. But let's just talk for a second about the CFL in Ottawa. They seem revigorated there. They've got Jeremiah Masoli as their quarterback. This talk of the uh, rule changes has come up. Do you have any? Do you have a thought that seems to be a thing? People want to come on this show and talk about what they'd like to see changed. Do you have any that you'd like if you were commissioner for a day? 
I've been talking about this for for a long time. I, I for a lot of reasons, I'd like to see, you know, I'd like to see the seven Canadian starters stay, but I'd like to see at least three on the field at all times because, you know, I, and I've seen people say, well, maybe the best Canadians aren't going to be on the field. Well, uh, you're telling me a guy like Justin Howell can't play football. Uh, you know, I, I I think teams are are, are going to be forced to to use good football players good football players, good athletes on the defensive side of the ball and get them on the field. And, and I don't think that's a bad thing. Um, so from my perspective, you know, if that helps improve the offense a little bit and, and changes teams uh, to, to try and think outside the box a little bit more, I think that's a good thing. And there's going to be more and more good Canadians playing football. I mean, you think of Ottawa, and I don't even know if, you know, these guys are going to go NFL or what the deal is, but, but last year in the, uh, in the CFL draft, the first two picks that the Red Blacks had uh, were Deshaun Stevens and Alonzo Adai, and they started last year at West Virginia. That's a Power 5 school. So, you know, th- those are guys that I'd love to see come in and play. But, you know, in, in, if, we're just keep, if we just keep doing the same thing and you say, well, you keep dressing offensive linemen and signing offensive linemen, well, who, who's to say that there's enough good offensive linemen even now to, to fill those quotas? So. Um, I'm, I'm all for that and, and changing the hash marks a little bit uh, to the inside, which seems, you know, like the football people seem to think that that's going to make a difference and I'll listen to them. So um, subtle changes to make the game better. Um, and if those don't work, you can look a little bit more dramatic. But I, I, I like the subtle changes first and kind of go from there. Yeah, I'm not uh, against it when it comes to the, if it makes the game better, just see if nobody's ever going to agree on everything. But here's, here's one I'll just throw you yeah a loop for everybody there there's getting to be more and more canadian coaches in the cfl and i'm talking position coaches coordinators and head coaches that by eliminating the american bias sorry to say american coaches but that will greatly improve the chances of canadian players for instance chris getzlaff is as good as you know any american player that we had but chris said without the ratio he would have never got a chance and what he meant i'm sure by that was the bias against canadian players so we remove the bias and they have a better chance. I mean, the ratio is a very touchy topic. Rules are one thing, ratio is another, and I, I get where you're coming from on that. But just before we switch to the NFL, I would assume they're excited about CFL football in Ottawa with the changes here this offseason. New GM with Sean Burke and all the rest. Yeah, I, I think uh, they've done a really good job. And, and you know, the behind-the-R, behind-the-scenes stuff that they've done with the three episodes so far has been outstanding. So... Uh, they're doing what they can to kind of reinvigorate this fan base. It's a good fan base. It's a real good fan base. Uh, and, you know, they've, they've suffered through a lot of lean years uh, in Ottawa football, going back to the Red, uh, the Rough Riders and the Renegades. And, and obviously things were, were really good in a hurry. But with two bad years and, and sandwiched in between a COVID year where there was no football, um, it didn't turn people off of the CFL game. But, you know, people are were, were definitely saying they wanted to, see changes and major changes to try and get this thing back and being competitive it's not it's not about being 13 and 5 every year or anything like that but they want to see competitive football they want to see good football they want to see some offense which you know the last two seasons uh you know offensively this team was very challenged uh, to say the least so i think they've made the the proper changes in personnel on all sides of the ball i think they're better you know everywhere on offense um so let's see what happens right now it's up to the coaching staff to make 
make it all work. And and I think the East is going to be wide open. I still think Hamilton is the favorite based on continuity. And, you know, Orlando Steinauer is the coach and Dane Evans at quarterback and some of the other talent that they have. But uh, if you told me that any one of the four teams in the East was in a great cup in Regina, whether it's Toronto, Montreal, Hamilton, or Ottawa, I think, you know, you could make a realistic case for either. So uh, that, that makes for exciting times in the East. And, uh, uh, let's see how this season plays out. We have four minutes. So two questions for you. One, the NFL overtime. People that are watching the show say they don't like the fact NFL tweaked the overtime rule today saying it'll, it's going to stay the same in the regular season, but come playoffs beginning next year, both teams will have a chance to have their hands on the football. People saying they don't like one wolf rule for the regular season, different for the playoffs. In hockey, they have three-on-three and shootouts in the regular season, not in the playoffs. It's not a big deal to me. Your thoughts on that change today coming out of the meetings here in South Florida? I'll keep it simple. I like it. Uh, you know what? Get it. Get it. If it's a regular season, you, you don't want to extend games too long, right? The, the season's long. So I understand you don't want to have games that, that go on forever. So if it's a regular season, keep it the way it is. If you, if, if you want to win the game, go out and, and, and win it in regulation or, or, or make a stop on defense, right? Uh, when it comes to the playoffs, you don't want to lose a game because of the coin toss. Now there's no excuses. To me, this is a perfect rule change. Love it. Carson Wentz is a quarterback oh. with the Washington Commanders. I'm not going to say necessarily the quarterback for the Washington Commanders. How do you feel about that trade? Uh, I mean, I don't love it, to be honest. At least they didn't give up a first-round pick or anything like that. But uh yeah, I mean, he got the Colts into the playoffs, though, right? I mean, uh, you know, Washington, if they're going to make the playoffs, it, it's going to be because of their defense. And, and you know, maybe Wentz can game manage their way to, to, to some wins. But it certainly doesn't uh, smell like this is the guy that's going to lead you to the promised land and lead you to some Super Bowls. So as long as this uh, doesn't end their search for a long-term answer at quarterback, which seemingly has been the case ever since Mark Rippon three decades ago, um, yeah, then, then I'm okay with it uh, as a short-term fix. But it doesn't really uh, smell like this, this is the guy that's going to lead you to multiple Super Bowls. Well, you are the big world traveler. You've been all over the globe. Have you been to Washington for a Redskins home game or even since they, uh, well, they haven't played a game as the commander? You've been down there? What's it like? Yeah, 2014 was the first time. I mean, I, I wish I would have had a chance to get to RFK Stadium. The problem with football season is, uh, you know, especially my old kind of timeline working WHL, OHL, NHL, you know, junior A and all that stuff was never really the right time or a good time to, to go down there and experience an NFL game until my schedule started to change when it, it, it was a lot more CFL and soccer in 2014. So I took advantage of that in 2014 and went down for a Monday nighter against the Seahawks. I mean, it's uh, it's the classic suburban stadium in Landover, Maryland. Uh, you know, there, there's a lot of people there that miss the old RFK stadium and the atmosphere there. And there's, you know, they're they're trying to talk uh, uh, about getting a new stadium once again in in, in Washington D.C. proper once more. So, um, you know, it's it's kind of gone downhill in terms of the atmosphere because I think the fan base has been disgruntled about ownership for you know really since Dan Snyder took over. Well, will that change if there's new ownership? Will it change with a new stadium? Hard to say. Certainly winning football helps, but uh, you, you mm. get the sense that until there's true culture change throughout the organization, it's 
it's always going to be a place that kind of feels, uh, you know, uh, it, let's put it this way. It's, it's, there's never a bad place to, to watch an NFL game or football in general, but it, it wouldn't be top of the list next to Lambeau or, or, or the Superdome or some of the other uh, must-see spots in the NFL. Well, it starts at the top with every team and every organization, as you know well. AJ, always good seeing your smiling face. Keep on keeping on, my good friend. Yeah, love the uh, love the background you got there in Florida, and hope you're well, and uh, always a pleasure, Roddy. Cheers. Thank you, bud. AJ Jackovic, the voice of the Ottawa Red Black. Hour two of the program is brought to you by Great Western Original 16 Beer. They're found across Western Canada, and if you're lucky... There might even be one in your fridge. Purchase at a store near you today. The Moose rejoins us after this to talk about all these things. And we'll bring you into the discussion as well on uh, this Taco Time Taco Tuesday. $2 tacos. Let's get the viewer takeover going early. We'll be right back. You're watching across Canada on the Game Plus TV network in all 10 provinces and 31 states. And uh, that includes Florida. Also, YouTube live streaming and 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Yes, 30. One degrees in South Florida, where both the NHL GMs and NFL GMs are meeting. There's some coaches and owners mixed in there, too. It is Hour 2 of the program, brought to you by Great Western Original 16 Beer, the best beer in the game. we got a couple of breaking news items today. There we go. CFL announcing the touchdown Atlantic will be played in Wolfville, Nova Scotia, as we bring in the moose here. Darren Moose DuPont, our lovely and talented co-host and boss. The Touchdown Atlantic will be played on July 16th. The game will mark the first time since Nova Scotia has played host to a regular season game. Ticats and Argos played there in 2005 in a preseason game. And in the National Football League, owners have approved a tweak to the overtime rule. Now both teams in the playoffs in overtime will get a chance at a possession. Until now, it has been just one, at least under the current rules. We'll get into all that in a minute. But, Darren... <clears throat> This is where, when we started this show 726 episodes ago, I said I want us to be the view for sports fans. And, yep. uh, and I had to bid adieu to you last hour before I wanted to because we're, and I want everybody's opinion on this here. Text line 902-518-3033. Numbers on the screen. Or join the chat if you're watching on YouTube. But... With these NHL GM meetings, we can sit and talk about officiating problems and rule changes. My God, you can talk about it every day to the end of time, and a lot of people do. But I want to spend a minute on the Sheldon Kennedy address to the NHL GMs on Monday with regarding what happened in Chicago with the video coach sexually assaulting one of the players. And, of course, Sheldon brought in, we all know Sheldon's story having been abused by his junior coach, Graham James. And I read the coverage, and I should have teed you up that I was going to ask you about this, but you don't need a lot of prep. They interviewed some of the GMs after Sheldon's address on Monday, and they... Well, I, listen, I saw Elliot Friedman on the NHL Network talking about it. I don't know if, Shel, if uh, Elliot's in the room, 
or if he was told what was going on in the room. But he said there was a questionnaire that was distributed for the GM saying, if this happened, is it appropriate? And you fill it all out and realize, oh, wait, no, it's not appropriate. Like the, It's exercises. And I've been through these things in the recovery coach mental health field. And they came out of it saying, what an eye-opener it was. Well, we didn't know this was going on in our organization. We didn't know that these things could go on. It's all very, very positive to talk about it. But they left the room holding hands saying, we need to have more openness in the workplaces and be open to our employees coming to us with their concern. And you noted how last hour I kind of brought that up and then we had to go to a break. I have very little faith in this. I like that they're talking about it, but I don't see it coming to fruition for my own reasons, which I'll get into after you give me your take on what went down with Sheldon at those NHL GM meetings. What do you think about that? I think it's, it's, it's great to have these conversations and to talk about it. And I think it's, it's a step in the right direction, even just, you know, addressing it and, and having the conversation and filling out the, the questionnaire or, or going through the exercises. And, you know, the more we talk about it, the easier it's going to be to act on it. But I think, you know, quite often, you know, we, we have great intentions and we'll say, you know, we need to be more open. We need to have better lines of communication. And it's one thing to say it, but it's a lot more difficult to actually put it into practice in the workplace and make, create, you know, environments where it's really comfortable for you to come to me with a problem or for me to stand up and say something. You know, when I'm a junior on the staff trying to find my way in the NHL, because everybody, when you're at that level, is so scared of losing their job or not being in the NHL anymore or hanging on because it's ultra competitive. So I hope they can find a way to actually create some action because it's one thing to say it. Yeah. And the, listen, <clears throat> sports teams are no different than any other workplace. The people don't understand that, I don't think. Because I've been involved with separation agreements with coaches and players and uh, especially with community-owned boards, uh, sorry, community-owned teams that are run by an executive board, even those people on the executive board didn't realize that the employment terms are the same for the coach you just fired as the, gro the uh, grocery store you run. You didn't know that? That's one thing. Now, <clears throat> not everything's covered up. Like, I remember years ago, I had some players come to me. I'm not going to say the team or even the sport, but I had some players come to me with some concerns about the coach. I went to the general manager, it was addressed, and the coach apologized that it never happened again. It wasn't sexual harassment or abuse or anything like that. But, I'm, but there is, not everything's covered up is my point, but a lot of things are. And I think what the fans don't understand is that sports now is more screwed up than it's ever been. And I think it's actually getting worse because there's less jobs than there's ever been. So those jobs are more coveted. You know what I'm saying? So to protect your yep. job, you're probably not going to say anything. You know, you know what I'm saying? And I just, yep. it sounds great, and I've related it to the Rooney Rule. Pretty interesting what's coming out of the NFL GM meetings where they said, you've probably seen the tweak to that in the last 24 hours, that it's not just racial minorities now that need to be interviewed. Now we're going to include females and it's not just that they need to be interviewed. They need to be hired. You need to have one minority on your staff. I think it's beginning this season. 
And the reflection on this was the Rooney Rule was brought in in 2003, and it hasn't had the results that we'd hoped. There's less black coaches in the NFL than there's ever been. To see how, like, am I just jaded? Which is very possible. I might just be jaded. But I don't have a lot of hope that things are going to change. I just feel like you, you talk about it all the time. Not you, but the leaders yeah. talk about it all the time, and then we don't see the change. Yeah, it's the change is always very slow, and you know, it takes a long time. And you know, you see it in sports. It's like um, if we're, you know, the Rooney Rule. You know, we're going to interview candidates, but somebody else will hire them. I'm going to hire the guy or girl that I want to hire. You know, we'll let somebody else take care of the ratio or take care of uh, making sure that minorities have jobs. And that's just not, you know, the right way to go about it. You know, you need to have action. One thing to say, it, it's, it's great to have good intentions. Those are all positive steps forward, but it has to translate into some action. Layton watching on YouTube says, if you haven't read Why I Didn't Say Anything by Sheldon, go out and pick it up now. And, well, of course, I've read it and I'm, Sheldon's a friend. I got his number. In my phone, we talk about issues not relating to hockey. Let's put it that way. But I think everybody probably should read that. Um, and we'll switch gears and get around to actual sports. But this is a life a life thing. I'm, I haven't totally lost hope that that the right steps can be taken in the right direction. But I just, I, a lot of times, people don't even know where to start. They don't even know where to start. Yeah. You know, and I just know with those two players that came to me 15 to 20 years ago, they knew that I was somebody they could trust and it was dealt with and boom, we moved on. And that yeah. was the end of that. Um, I, I'm sure you want to talk about the rule changes too. A couple things we should talk about. I see Darren Workman watching in Utah. He wants us to talk about CFL expansion beyond Atlantic Canada. And the viewers in the chat have kind of taken over from me and just said listen we don't even have Halifax yet we're not talking about that I don't want to talk about that. <clears throat> I just don't I, and I know he comes here for the CFL coverage but it's just it's 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 fake news which reminds me that segment that we do at the start of the show where I say what they're talking about on Miami Sports Talk today one thing I forgot Mike McDaniel the new coach of the Dolphins just yesterday was asked his thoughts on the rumors of Tom Brady coming to the Dolphins. They asked the head coach of the Dolphins, what about Tom Brady coming to your team? I don't know if you saw the quote or the clip, but he said, I believe that's what they call fake news. <laughs> and it's such a danged time waster and a distraction. Do you remember last week people were writing in here, Rod, what do you think about the Tom Brady? There's nothing. He's building a house here in Indian Creek. That's it. Now, now, having said that, yeah, go ahead, go, go. Do you, do you know, I wish I had the guy's name in front of me, and, and maybe Clark can look it up, who actually came out with the report that he was going to potentially look at a move to Miami. It's the same guy who predicted him going to Tampa. I think it was a New England journalist, I think, um, but the same guy, I predicted him going to Tampa. That's why there's a little bit of smoke here is because the guy would have been right once. Because he got lucky once? Because he got lucky once? Right. Um, but what I thought you were bringing up was the class photo from the NHL or the NFL's GM meetings. And I don't know if you no, saw it. I didn't it. bring that up, but that's funny. I, of course I saw it. It was 20. Did you see Mike coaches, McDaniel? we were missing. Did you see Mike McDaniel and the wife beater? 
He's got his dress shirt on or his, you know, um, you know, Florida kind of thin dress shirt and uh, collared shirt. And you can see his wife beater, the white underneath, standing right through it. It's the comments are amazing. The one comment was, nobody will notice, right? Nobody will notice. And you can see it plain as day. It's pretty funny. Uh, there have been a lot of funny things going around on social media this week, and that's one of them. That photo went up of all the coaches. It was in front of a fountain, and yeah. people were saying, just please analyze this photo. <laughs> There's a million things to pick out of it. Four head coaches were missing, and I'm not sure which four there were. But by the way, DG in Saskatoon, I know who that is, texting the show. He also predicted that Tom Brady would go to Tampa Bay. He also did. So should we ask him what Tom Brady's next move is? Adam Schefter broke the story. Let's ask Adam Schefter if there's any chance of him going, which, incidentally, you sent me something in the break. Was it about the rule change that you wanted to talk about in the it NFL? Was, yeah. I'm, yeah. Clearly, you're in favor of it. It was just a screenshot. I just saw it was breaking news, and then you actually brought it up on the show uh, before AJ came on or in the, in the viewer takeover segment. Um, I think it was, you know, it's interesting that they – aren't going to do it for the regular season and they're going to just bring it in in the playoffs. Um, you know, everybody gets a touch. And I think that's, it's funny. I'm wearing a tennis bunny hug or hoodie today because it's a little bit similar. You can't lose a tennis match until your serve is broken. You always get a chance to serve. And it's now the same thing in football for the playoffs. You always get a chance to go on offense, to serve. And you won't lose a game unless that serve is broken, unless your def- unless your offense... Um, is beat by the defense. So I think it's good. I think, I think it'll make a lot of fans happy. I think we're still going to hear some grumbling about it in the regular season, but uh, I like moving it in for the playoffs. It's probably just a gateway drug towards doing it for the regular season down the road. But, uh, you know, unless you end up in a situation where the games are extremely long, like that Kansas City-Buffalo game, if they would have went back and forth for, you know, another 40 minutes or something like that, then, uncle, we need some sort of tiebreaker rule but until we see that i think it'll be fine sports bars would have loved it though i remember the the game whichever super bowl it was in new orleans that the power went out remember that uh was the yes the uh ravens and the 49ers and 49ers jim yeah it was jim harbaugh's 49ers against john harbaugh's raven right that's right yeah and colin kaepernick was in that game and I just remember watching it at the Four Seasons with the Greek Freak. And he's like, this is the greatest thing ever. It was a 59-minute power outage. More wings, more beer, more pizza. He's like, the second this thing's over, this place is emptying. And he was right. So they would have been happy to have the, in the playoffs to go on and on and on. From uh, the viewers in the chat, Chris Bird's watching in King City, Ontario. And he says, systemic racism takes many years to dismantle. I'll co- counter that with, how do you know? It's never been done. You might say it's impossible to dismantle because it's never been done. Chris goes on to say people are more interested in fake news. By the way, the Boston Pride won the Isabel Cup last night. Eh, People are more interested in fake news. I'll give you that one. For sure. That's what I was trying to manufacture for years and years and years in the CFL and had my hands held on on the hot stove. Shut up, Rod. Stop. Quit manufacturing this off-season news. I'm done. Done. So, there is a difference between fake news and tabloid news. I looked it up. 
fake news is deliberately misleading news. And that Tom Brady news was deliberately misleading news. He was never coming to Miami. So again, that's a time waster. To sit in like ESPN does every day and say, who's the bigger loss? Tyreek Hill from the Chiefs or Devontae Adams from the Packers? That's, that's not fake news. But that's yeah. gossip and tabloid talk. There's a difference. Yeah. Uh, b- before we, I'll end it on this, Randy watching in Winnipeg, from the peg, he says, people must not be afraid to speak out, but people are because the higher-ups never believe them and hide things under the rug. To the people who speak out, I will always respect you. <laughs> Absolutely. By the way, on all of that, what's popped into my head, just started watching the Netflix series Feel Good starring your crush may martin can i say that you think she's cute from uh yeah last uh, last one laughing started watching it last night it's very good and in the show she plays a recovering drug addict and her parents spilled the beans and she's all embarrassed with the person that she's dating and uh the girl that she was dating said oh oh we gotta go okay we'll pick this up in overtime park's telling me to shut up we'll be back moose i'll see you in overtime okay Sounds good. There's a cliffhanger for you. Scott Laughlin. Yeah, no kidding. I want the rest of the story. Serious XM NHL radio right after this on Game Plus TV and 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You got to subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. It's the RP Show, episode number 726 of Daytime Sports and Entertainment Talk. And we roll on chatting a little NHL now with our good friend Scott Laughlin, Sirius XM NHL Radio. He always has the interesting shirts on, so I can't wait. Did you surprise us with a Rowdy Piper or a Dallas Cowboys? You did. Scott, what's up, dude? Well, I tell you what, Rod, it's interesting that you mentioned that because I just purchased last week a Ric Flair t-shirt. It says Flair just above the heart. And on the back, it's got word for word his famous speech. You're talking to the limousine, riding, Rolex wearing, you know, I'm having a hard time keeping these alligators down uh, speech. So it's funny you mentioned that. I'll have to sport that the next time. Today, just a boring blue. That's yeah. just a boring blue. <laughs> and it always looks good, my friend. Hey, I'm interested in your take. I actually really want your take on Kyle Dubas's comments after uh, Monday's NHL GM meetings about Austin Matthews not getting the calls. He's only been nine calls he's drawn penalties against him versus Connor McJesus' 44th, which leads the NHL. Our poll question today is, do the Leafs have a legitimate beef? And almost 80% of respondents for Capital Automall Universal Collision Center say, no, they don't have a legitimate beef. What do you think about that? No, I voted, Rod, and I voted for no. I voted for no. I mean, this is not the NBA. This is not Michael Jordan just getting barely touched on the wrist and all of a sudden he's going to the line. Uh, this is the NHL. I think every player has pretty much been t- treated fairly. Uh, this is another indication of not only coaches lobbying, but in this case, a general manager lobbying for his player, lobbying for that next game, lobbying for the next call. I, I think it stands out maybe with Austin Matthews because he has the puck so much. I think it stands out, you know, when Connor McDavid's not getting all the calls because he has the puck so much and nobody on the ice can really catch him. So I think that it stands out because of the players that they are. They're superstars and they've got the puck on their stick a whole bunch. Uh, and, and maybe because of that, 
Uh, it seems like they're not getting calls. I don't think this is anywhere close to what the NBA goes through and, you know, guys go into the line because of reputation. I think whether you're a first liner or you're a fourth liner, I think if it's a penalty, it's a penalty. If it's not, it's not. Now, the days of Chris Pronger saying, I'm going to foul as much as I can because certainly they can't call everything, Rod. Those days have long gone past, of, of course, and we look at the NHL. It's a different league altogether in the way that it's it's called, the way that it's played, those sorts of things. So I don't really think in this case that Kyle Dubas has got a leg to stand on. I really don't. Did you get into this in your show, Scott? Because you and I are about the same age, and I love the youngsters singing. What about Gretzky? What about back then? Like, Wayne kind of had to take it upon himself, but he had the policeman beside him. That's a different era, too. Like, just Wayne, he got hacked and whacked quite a bit. And we all, he was thought of as a whiner, but compare Wayne's era to now and what Wayne went through. Well, the interesting thing is, I mean, I, I look at Wayne, and, and you're right, Ron. We watched Wayne as a young guy come in, and he got this rap of being, like you say, a whiner, a big baby, always complaining to the officials. Crosby had the same knock on him when he came in, right? And now we're starting to revere Crosby towards the latter stages of his career like we did with Wayne before him. So you're right. It was a different game back then. You had some protection. You had guys who could step in and, and take care of things. And, you know, you didn't want to get too close to Gretzky, as we know, back in the heyday because it was Dave Semenko, God rest his soul. It was Dave Lumley. Uh, later, it was Marty McSorley. If you were going to get near Wayne, then you had to answer to those guys. The game has changed markedly, no question about it. The other thing as well in watching Wayne Gretzky play for all those years that we did, Rod, he was slippery. Like, like he could slip checks out there other than Bill McCreary and that fateful hit that one night on a Saturday at Northlands Coliseum in Edmonton. Nobody really was able to hit Wayne for the reasons that we've already mentioned and also because he was a slippery sort. Just think modern-day Johnny Gaudreau. You would think for a guy the size of Johnny Gaudreau, that he would take much more physical punishment uh, than he endures on a nightly basis. He's also the type of guy that's able to kind of get in and get out of spots. Very, very slippery on the ice. Johnny Gaudreau, like Wayne Gretzky before him, is a very, very tough guy to hit. Hey, buddy, you got one coming in Connor Bedard, who very rarely gets hit. I almost nicknamed him the mouse because he shimmies through these little cracks. He's very hard to pin down, but he did get hit. From ankle to shoulder, cutting into the middle one night against Brandon, I almost ran onto the ice to see if he was okay. But Connor Bedard has that. He's got that knack. Scott, I'm sure you talked about it all morning, but what will Eugene Melnick be remembered for? Well, it's interesting, isn't it, Rod? Because we think back on Eugene and we think back to the last couple of years and everybody looks back to the outdoor game at Parliament Hill and he had those comments that certainly seemed to make him be separate from the fan base itself. And I don't think that he was, towards the end, looked upon the same way. Unfortunately, uh, because of that, there seemed to be a divide between he and the fan base, a fan base that, quite frankly, before that was firmly behind him. You know, they were basking the afterglow of going to the Stanley Cup final back in 2007, losing out to Anaheim in five games. I, I think when you go back to when he first took over, he was seen as a bit of a savior as well because of the fact that in 2003, with that team, you know, in or around bankruptcy, there was continued speculation that the Ottawa Senators were going to go south. And he came in in the nick of time and he saved the franchise and he kept hockey in our national capital. So I think it's interesting to see how he developed and progressed over the years or digressed, depending on, uh, on your impression. I think ultimately uh, there's a side of him that probably not many people saw. I know in Toronto, he was a graduate of St. Michael's College School. 
I know before I got back into radio and, and working at Global Television in Toronto, I went over to St. Mike's to do a story on the fact that he donated $2 million to that school so they could build an outdoor facility, sort of an outdoor uh, during the summer, indoor with a bubble over top uh, during the winter facility so that students and athletes could train at St. Michael's College School. Just things like that that he would do that would be very, very generous. We know towards the end, for obvious reasons, he was supporting uh, Ukraine in its continuing efforts, of course. Uh, to thwart off Russia. So uh, I think a bit of a mixed bag towards the end, unfortunately, the last couple of years haven't been great for Eugene Melnick in the eyes of the, the fan base there in Ottawa. But let's not forget again, there would be no hockey in Canada's national capital if he didn't arrive in the nick of time going back to 2003 to ostensibly save the franchise. Forget about a Stanley Cup final prediction. I'm going to ask you for a final four, and I'll go first. We spent half our time in Calgary. You can imagine what they're saying. I'll say a Calgary-Colorado West final and a Florida-Toronto East final. They'd love to see Flames Leafs. Who do you, or have you thought about who might be your final four? Yeah, you know what? I, I'm okay with Calgary and Colorado. I picked the Avalanche. I did take that low-hanging fruit before the season began, and I said I'm going to take the Avalanche to win the Stanley Cup, just as I said last year. Rod, that they win the Stanley Cup. Last year, they let me down. Uh, they let themselves down. I could see the Flames and Avalanche. They appear to be on a collision course at this point. In the East, I think the two teams we'll see going at it tonight, Carolina and Tampa, is what I've got in the Eastern Conference Final. I could see that, that crossover between the divisions, obviously, with Carolina and Tampa Bay contesting the Eastern Conference. So in the end, ultimately, I'm going to go with Colorado facing uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning. The Lightning come up just short and try to three-peat and become the first team to do so since the New York Islanders back in the 1980s in the midst of their dynasty, of course. So I'm going to go with Colorado over Tampa Bay, but Tampa Bay to beat Carolina and Colorado to beat Calgary as far as the semifinals go. Well, very unpopular picks in the markets where we're broadcasting the show from, Calgary and uh, South Florida. But hey, it's going to be fun no matter what. Scott, always good, man. Love it. Keep up the great work. All right, you too, Rod. Thanks very much. The great Scott Laughlin. Score alum. Lives forever. The score. We'll be back with viewer takeover in overtime with the Moose. Stick around right after this quick break. You're watching on the Game Plus TV network, which is run by a lot of old score guys and gals. And also, if you missed any portion of the show, you can always catch the podcast wherever you enjoy your podcasts, including Apple Stitcher and Spotify and 24-Hour Sports Radio at rodpeterson.com. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. One more time. It's overtime brought to you by the Four Seasons Sports Palace. You know they'll have the Leafs game on tonight. Leafs at Boston. They're your home for the NHL and uh, the UFC as we bring the Moose in. couple fun things we're going to do here, Moose, in overtime. Uh, taco time viewer takeover. Jeff the Stamps fan wrote in and wanted to know why Scott Laughlin of Sirius XM NHL Radio hates the Flames. The viewers are taking care of him. The people in the chat, they're <laughs> handling it. So thank you, Ryan and... And uh, Chris and King City, thank you for that. Uh, another thing, we've had three guests today, A.J. Jakubik, Hustler Patterson, and Scott Laughlin. In the next seven minutes, folks, write in via the 902 text line or the chat 
on YouTube and tell me who the rock star of the day is for Rockstar Supply Chain Solutions. On Monday, it was Dan O'Toole, Toolsy, not a surprise. You folks want to tell me? I don't want to anoint it anymore. Uh, and by the way, Taco Tuesday, today, $2 tacos all across Canada at the 120-plus locations of Taco Time. What's on your mind, Moose? Go to our Instagram story if you haven't already. I shared this from Taco Time. You know how you put up the meme, the, the Will Smith, Chris Rock, Bedard, RP show slapping meme? They put one up, and I shared mm. it. And Chris Rock was tater tots, and Will Smith was Mexi fries. <laughs> it's pretty good. so good. That's hilarious. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so tell They're us not tater who... tots. Well, maybe Taco Time's the rock star of the day. How about that? They could be. So tell us via the chat and the text line, and it's fun to talk about the Stanley Cup. I just think that, not to say if there is a God, it'll be a Calgary-Florida Stanley Cup, because there is, a, there is a God. But if there's hockey God, which there are, will they find a way for it to be a Calgary-Florida Stanley Cup? Or Toronto, in which case your Leafs would be in it, we'd have to go to Toronto to do the show. Um... We're getting all kinds. Right way, it's a three-way tie right now. Wayne and Victoria says Scott Laughlin, Rockstar of the Day for Rockstar Supply Chain Solutions. Ryan in New York says AJ. Ted Blues says Hustler for me. So, yeah, it's, it's a tough one. I didn't want to make the call on this. Um, I'm getting more and more and more into Drive to Survive, so thank you, Moose. It took a little while to get into it, but it's the whole thing. You're starting to know the driver's rights. You're starting to cheer for yeah. them, and Lance Stroll, you'd think he was a spoiled kid because his dad owns the team, but he's actually not a spoiled kid. He's actually winning a little, you know what I mean? And yeah, so it's, that's cool. But feel good with May Martin, just to go back to where we were the earlier. And I know she's not your crush, but you felt that she was cute. And that's no, cool. She is. She cute. is. She is. Yeah. And I haven't seen the show yet, so now I got to watch it. Oh, it's funny. It's very funny. She's a Canadian comedian living in the United Kingdom, stand-up comic. And anyway, she's a recovering drug addict. And she goes out of great lengths to keep that a secret from everybody. And the gal that she's dating says to her roommate, I, why did she keep this from me? I didn't know she was a drug addict. She looks so great. She looks so healthy. She looks so happy. Yeah, that's the point. That's what recovery does. But I'm kind of sitting back going, oh, I see why people don't want it out there. Because of the stigma, right? So it's, a, it's, and that's just the first two episodes, man. But it's funny and uh, it's interesting. So what are, you, what are you streaming now? I know I asked you the other day, but tell I, me again. I actually just, I just wrapped up Reacher, which I think you're now getting into a little bit. So I just yep. wrapped up Reacher, which was awesome. Um, I'm watching a little Drive to Survive, trying to catch up on that. And actually... Um, I started the new one on Crave, and I can't remember what it's called. The viewers can help me out. It's the, uh, it's the one um, uh, on the L.A. Lakers and their dynasty in the 80s when they started becoming uh, champs. Uh, Jerry West was the coach. He's out. And uh, who was the opposite of Will Ferrell in uh, Talladega Nights? Shake and Bake? Chris Rock. No, uh, John C. Riley. Right. He is, he's in it. He's, he's the owner, the new owner who comes in and buys the LA Lakers. I just started it. I'm a couple episodes in. It is fantastic. Uh, is winning time? Winning time? Winning time. Is that it? That's winning. it. That's the one. Yeah, okay. I just yeah. went to the big board. 
Okay, we've got something new to watch on Netflix. Thank you for that. Yeah. Um, Aaron B. watching on YouTube says, My buddy chooses not to watch F1 because he doesn't want to ruin Drive to Survive. Uh, Jennifer from the Four Seasons says, I'd have to say Scott Laughlin because he doesn't have the Flames winning the cup. Ha, ha, ha. Laughing, crying emoji for rock star of the day. Scott's always great. I was thinking about this this morning. I did a very DuPont type thing way back in about 04, 05 when I started working at the Score TV network in Toronto. When I was in Toronto, I went down to the Score on King Street and went around the whole building and stuck my hand out and introduced myself to everybody there. The producers, the news directors, the, the uh, editors, the reporters, the anchors, the whole thing. I'm not sure I would do that now. Nice. I'm much more of an introvert. I was much more like you 20 years ago. But anyways, a lot of those guys and gals are running Game Plus TV right now. Yeah. So, and that's why I think this channel is so great, because it's got actual broadcasters running it. Why it's so much fun. What do you that's got cool. going on in the next 24 hours, man? Oh, man, I got to dive into this show. I mean, we had a great show today and uh, kind of, you know, getting ready for the stretch run in the NHL playoffs. Uh, I have a meeting with Bet- with our folks at Bet Regal. We've got some uh, some stuff coming down the pike for, uh, for the show tomorrow. So uh, get ready. Cynthia in Pittsburgh says you need to be rock star of the day because of your bunny hug. I'm going to the Panthers and the Habs tonight. We'll tell you all about it tomorrow, noon Eastern, right here on Game Plus TV. I never told you to shut up. Well, a couple times. For more Rod Peterson on demand, visit rodpeterson.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.